Jay, what are you drinking? That looks like a pitcher you're drinking from. I am. You're, what What are you drinking out of a pitcher? Orange Julius. Sweet tea. Oh. Sweet tea. That's disgusting. Pitcher? Was there a bunch of pitcher? flies and gnats in your room? <laughs> There's just like five pitchers of sweet tea he's all over a, the place. He's on a rocking chair right now. That's why he's moving back and forth. Yeah, I'm in the south, baby. Yeah. Rocking chair, sweet tie. Come on. I don't know what the fuck but anyways, that you just said, but sweet sweet tie. Is that that's, that's my that, that's my southern act. That's my Kevin Spacey accent. Oh, you're Frank <laughs> Underwood. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Droning On and On, the dumbest podcast on the internet where we talk about all drone related movies. Today, we're talking about the Animatrix. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. The Anime Matrix. Wow. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I did it again. Original joke (laughs) alert. Original joke (laughs) alert. (laughs) This is an anime movie, just in live action. We're talking about. I thought you just forgot the title because it's been so long since we've done this podcast yeah that's also true i mean that could also be the ghosted them i love ghost ghost, guys you don't know when it's gonna happen no it's like a bomb being dropped on you exactly we're like ninjas you you just don't know where we are today we're talking about the matrix revolutions directed by lana and lily wachowski starring keanu reeves Lawrence Fishburne, carrie ann moss hugo weaving I feel like we should mention Jada Pinkett Smith because she's a bigger character in this movie than the last one. Yeah, but I she's mean, a woman. Yeah, why would you leave her out? I mean, I don't know. I last time I just reeled off the key characters. Just again. the men? No, I said Kiri and Moss. Well, she doesn't really count. She kind of does. <laughs> Technically, this was directed by the Wachowski brothers at the time. Okay, but I mean, who are they now? Yes. We've talked about this. It's yeah. very important to, to credit them. Again, I like them more now I was thinking, post-transition, I think, than I did at the time. I just wish Speed I, Racer was on this list. I want to watch that film. I do, too. I was thinking about this long. today, like, from a perspective. I was I was going to download clips from Juno, and I was... And I was like, I wonder if, like, showcasing a performance of, like, a star before their transition is, like, what they would want. It's like, a, I don't know, it's an interesting question. Because, you know, you have Elliot Page in Juno, who's incredible in Juno. But I was like, I wonder if, you know, that's what they would want to, like, showcase clips from that. My theory is, because we started Juno the other day, just to see if they had changed the name and the credits from Ellen Page to Elliot Page. And they didn't. And I was thinking about it. I think it's different for everybody. It, everybody has a different journey with that. But I, my thought was, I think some people may want their name still etched with that insignia or that original I name. Mean, yeah, he, because he was playing a girl in that movie. Well, yeah. But or it's, he was a girl in that movie. But it's all about a, a personal journey getting to where you are now. So it's like you can look back on that and say, that was who I was then. This is who I am now. So I know we want to talk about anything but this film. I actually do want to talk about this film because it's really interesting. This film came out six months after Reloaded. I love that release strategy. 
I think that's brilliant. The Kill Bill release strategy? Yeah, like, just give us what we want, honestly. They were like, let's just finish it and give it to them in a span of six months. I mean, come on. I think that's great. The first one was 99, right? And then these were both 03? Yeah. So, probably took them a while to film these two together. Yeah, I think it probably took about, like, a good 12-month span from what I was looking at. But did they release these back-to-back because they wanted to get them out and just tell the whole story? Or do you think they just rushed it (laughs) through? it all together okay i was gonna say this film right off the bat gonna spoil my thoughts is so much like simpler than the first two like it's very dumbed down in my opinion i mean just like story-wise the beats are very predictable but the sets the everything is still i can tell they just put a ton of work into this film i mean the money's on screen i would say even the effects overall look pretty great some of them are a little bit shaky like the mech suits some of them yeah the mech suits are the only ones really that just always have stood out to me as being like oof i think even the fighting scenes where they're flying around look better than they did in reloaded though maybe not terribly better but slightly better and they're doing it in rain too so it's a lot more complicated but it looks better than neo spinning around on a pole or any of the flying stuff in the last film and it's weird that they came out six months apart, and yet the like flying effects in this are better. Yeah, it's strange. It's almost like they put all the work into this movie and sort of left the second one to its own devices. It seems very strange that this seems where all the effort was put into when they probably should have been focusing more on the movie that turned out to be a little bit better. Or just kind of evening it out. The stakes in this one are so high, though. We should probably, we'll get into the plot, but I just want to say right off the bat, I don't think this movie movie entirely works but i have a lot of respect for this movie in the ideas that they were trying to do to spoil the ending real quick i like that the movie ends with the world ending the world's reset technically and the world doesn't end the matrix ends. that's what i'm saying though it's a cataclysmic every all humans are fine not entirely a lot of them have been taken over by agents not neo no they're reset once the ending happens but that's not a positive ending though they're still stuck in the Matrix. They're still stuck in this machine. Yeah, but they say that they're going to let anyone out who wants out. Yeah, but that doesn't mean shit. Not when there's a fourth one coming out. Apparently, people are still stuck in there. No, I'm saying, like, the machines made that parlay just so they could get rid of the virus that was Agent Smith. I don't think they were really holding up their end of the bargain, like, oh, yeah, we'll let people out. It was more like, oh, can you solve this problem for us? And then he dies, and they say, oh, oh, well, okay, I guess we'll go back to the way things were, which is not a positive Yeah, but the deal was that if he got rid of Smith, then they would essentially leave humans alone. Well, they'd leave Zion alone, but that doesn't mean they'd leave people alone in the Matrix. But at the end, he says to the Oracle, the veil has been lifted. People are going to know that they're in the Matrix and anyone who wants out is going to be let out. I don't I get think what the saying. robots are being entirely truthful about Here's that a question either, for you guys, and maybe it's a, more of a question for the end, but I'll go ahead and ask it. Where does this rank all time on like the list of third films in a trilogy? I'd say it's not very high. I would say, though, it's not for lack of trying. No, I would agree. I I think my enthusiasm for this film is lower, but I think in terms of consistency, as far as a film series goes, it's pretty tight. The first and second one just feel like very original films, you know? They don't have a lot of predictability to them. They're They're inspired. Yeah, and then this third one comes along, and it starts out, and I'm just like, this seems like a 
like the third film in a series. But I love the world here. And honestly, Animatrix, I think it just got me revamped for the series because like I watched Matrix 2 and I was like, I love this. I, I think it's great. And then I, I remembered the third one. But then seeing Animatrix, I was like, I, I love this world. And I love I love the Wachowskis' vision here. Even if, again, this one isn't as critically hailed as the first two, it's still their world. And I love all the characters. And, like, it's not a hard watch for me. I think it's in some ways similar to the original Star Wars trilogy where... Oh, where two's is... the best? You guys agree then? Good. No, Good to know. <laughs> no, the first Matrix movie is the empire of this trilogy trilogy but the first two are really good and then the third one kind of like you said it's still the world and there's still some things to like about it like the neo versus smith fight at the end of this is still fucking awesome to this day i think it's kind of in a lot of ways similar to luke fighting darth vader at the end but then the rest of it is just like oh yeah those ewoks cool like the whole zion fight scene watching it this time i was just kind of bored watching that i checked out i always <laughs> that's out there's that only sequence. I assume that's the anime part you guys are talking about yeah. with the drone walkers. It's so well, I mean, it's very it's very similar to in-game where it's like that finale comes and you're like there's only so long I can look at people punching stuff and like just Spider-Man riding on a Pegasus. I would actually compare this to Godfather where I love the first one um and then that second one adds so much to the mythos. It makes the first one even better. Yeah, it's a um, lot of catharsis that, to it. Yeah, and then that third one is just like, well, they tried. Uh, it's not know, bad. It works. Yeah, it's it, like, like it's not bad. I might series. watch it again. It, yeah. Yeah, like it works for this series. Like this film works for what it is, I think. And the first time I watched it, I think I went along with the hate for it. But I'm still really invested in Neo's story and uh, Trinity's story and just their fights. The biggest issue for me is like, again, I just picture that one shot where you have like the drones walking and it's this huge cityscape. But I watched Loki recently, and there's a scene where Owen Wilson is talking to Tom Hiddleston, and Owen Wilson looks out over the landscape, and he's like, what is this place? And they show this huge CGI shot, and I'm like, I don't know what it is. It's just CGI. Just, There's like no, nothing. That's what is yeah, this? That's a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, There's nothing. It's it's just ridiculous looking at times. But that's most Marvel I don't know. movies. Though. It's it's just kind of cheesy. You know, this one is just a little cheesy. I think it's not as like adult as the first two. You know, I feel like the first two have more going for them theme wise, and this one is like we're gonna have a lot of punchy. Well, you the know, themes it, in this movie are very strong. It's just they're buried underneath all these action set pieces that just sort of clutter the rest of the movie. I think the Neo Trinity A quest in this movie is a lot better than the Zion fight B quest oh, in this yeah, movie. Absolutely. I'm nodding this, really hard. No one can see it, but I'm, I'm nodding this whole, like this. If this whole movie was just like a Trinity Neo travel to the machine world kind of like return of the king is there's a it's lot just, of return uh, of the king in this too yeah I was surprised i mean these it's, came base, out the same it's year. basically return of the king because neo and trinity are on their way to the machine city which would be sam and fredo on their way to mordor while literally all the other people in the movie are off doing waging war against this other 
battle in order for them to provide time for yeah Neo and Trinity to time do their thing. The, yeah. It's literally the yeah, it's the plot of Return of the King, basically. Return but of Return King of the King this. works for both of those A and B plots, where this one, the A plot, is definitely stronger. That like, sounds yeah. interesting in concept, though, because like if you have one set of characters trying to complete an action and the other set is like literally it's solely compromised just to help team a that should be a really compelling story yeah that's you in return know what of the I mean? king like yeah this film is all about urgency the end of the world that's why i thought the second one is such a good sequel cuz you know it upped the stakes but not in a way that was like ridiculous this film is literally like it's the most important thing ever and i think it's too cheesy for that i agree completely and one of the things is this battle for zion should be like a really intense powerful sequence but when you're having like these mech suits with people <laughs> firing them like <gasps> yeah, just, yeah you need that is completely <laughs> it you need to you need to build up to something you can have like little fights here and there but like it, it there's there like, are little fights and, like and, i like a uh, well, links wife just doing so the they're so big though i feel like every scene is like big stakes like that when you should just be building up to like a battle on the second one of lord of the rings where you had like all the characters you know kind of at once working together well, even know, separate, the i don't know even the fight at uh you can do this well. was it minas tirith in the third one where they're they're holding off that giant castle area to, to distract them from mordor which is only like a couple yeah, of miles away to, to that yeah like you said andrew it's totally different when Peter Jackson was out on a real field with 500 extras on 500 real horses with 500 pieces of real armor, 500 pieces of real there's CGI in those movies, uh, swords yeah. and everything. Yeah, this and is just the Hobbit. And then there's yes. like 20, 30 CGI mech suits firing at 5,000 squid machines coming through. And then every once in a while, you get Link's wife shooting a rocket or the kid like bringing ammo out. Like how am I supposed to relate to the kid and Link's wife just doing these random things and hitting like one machine in the same way that I'm able to care about an entire army in Return of the King. Well, I like those but, scenes because they add context to the factions of people that are fighting. Like, I appreciate that they show all of Zion, or at least key characters in Zion, banding together to fight. Particularly the mech suit sequences are the ones that just really take they me out. They really of it. stick out like a sore thumb. They're just like so they... they're so cheesy, and they're so it literally. It, and that's our drone, right? I was going to say, no, you know no what? they're not. This whole sequence where they breach Zion with this giant mecha drill that blasts through the, the ceiling, I was like, okay, that's a little much. But the turning point actually came from when the drone showed up and they formed like this god hand over Zion. And I was like, we're going oh, yeah. straight into cartoon territory here. Well, then later the squids form a human face to talk to Neo. I think the machine is literally called Deus Ex Machina. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I read that on the Wikipedia page and I was like, real subtle. Okay, real well, subtle are you God it, in the are, machine. It was. It yes. was Deus Ex Machina. Yes. Yeah. But in this, in the Matrix, you probably have to call it Deus Ex Machina. Whenever that oh, shot where like it God. pulls up, which is really cool, where the 
godhead of the deus ex machina pulls up in front of neo i just want to hear by i am our friend kevin our, michael richardson yes of course yeah yes. he's a friend of the come podcast. on the podcast we we hang out all the time get on the podcast come to, yeah come to wise brian lewis. kevin and i go way back get brian yes, lewis on the podcast. brian lewis is if you're listening kevin brian lewis is easily your best role of all time yeah it's the greatest role ever he was a great joker guys we can't he's we gotta fun. he's we gotta good. point that out but every time I see that shot of the machine pulling up in front of Neo, all I want is for the Pink Floyd I Am Machine song to start playing. We probably need to talk about the A-plot a little bit. So they first have to break Neo out of the train station. Talk Another about Return of, of the Jedi. Yes. With this the train man. Bruce Spence. From one of my favorite movies of all time. Mad Max 2. The Road Warrior. Bruce Spence is a lot of fun. He's always really good when he shows up. I was wondering why they cast him in this. I mean, he's good for the role, but I wonder what, like... This is the perfect say, character yeah, for him to play. Bruce Spence is going to be perfect. Here. He's always like a weirdo that comes into the story that isn't really important, but has a key point that needs to be focused on. Uh, Even in Road Warrior, and, he's the gyro captain that's, like, flying over and helping the hey, entire that's, squad. That's a link to Return of the King as well. He's the Mouth of Sauron, which was cut from the movie, so he's not actually in Return of the King. I wish they had kept that scene. I like that scene. It is cool, but it depletes the tension of the story. When Sauron is an eye, and then he just comes out as this, like, creepy-looking Well, no, because in the books, what happens is the Frodo-Sam section is separate from the rest of the Fellowship. So by the point you're reading that in the book, when that character says that Frodo's dead and everything, we don't actually know that he's still alive. Whereas in the movie, it's like, yeah, we know he's alive. We've been following him this whole time. They're just talking a bunch of shit, and then Aragorn just chops his head off still cool design it's a cool design it's a cool costume cool character the he, mouth the way like the cuts open is he he's perfect to play wider. like a weirdo character and he's really good here i mean maybe he just killed the audition but i wonder what made them go like yeah bruce spence let's get him i can guarantee you that the wachowskis are big mad max fans without question probably and they probably, probably. just threw him in here as a nod the in first 30 scene, minutes they're, it's, they're probably the best. They move really yep, well. Easily. But I have to say, the first 30 minutes, like 100% pointless. There's no reason to have all of this in Well, here. again, I was saying it's the Return of the Jedi open, where you reintroduce yeah, the characters by having them save. They, One of you know, them, yeah. Luke goes and saves the group. It's like the Jabba scene and then the rest of the film, which is a kind of a bad structure for a film because it's like, here's the first part. That's what I'm saying. And it's here's the, the second part. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same structure. But but I, I yeah, I agree. More. They should be spending this time building more of what they were doing in the other two. Yeah, the Java scene, it does a really great job at building off of, like, the characters' relationships and reintroducing you to the world. Return of the Jedi might be the best comparison for this film. I wasn't thinking about that while... I don't really think about Star Wars, but I I wasn't thinking about that while watching it. Andrew, we know you think about Star Wars every waking minute. Honestly, I wasn't thinking about it either, but now that I'm, like, comparing the two, it's a great comparison. It is actually a good comparison, yeah. Remember when Bruce Spence was in Inspector Gadget 2? No. You do? He was the Q character. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Inspector Gadget 2, everyone, starring French Stewart. Hate to tell you guys, but there's a drone in that movie. Then there must be a drone in the first one. 
right, we're just going to move There must be. Not <laughs> what was I watching today? Oh, I found out goddamn American Ultra has a drone in yeah, it. Yeah, that's so on the list. Watch Ma- we have to watch Jay, Max that was going to be our first movie. movie. Do you think he's writing Chronicle 2? Well, it's an all-female version. They're not going to have Max Landis Oh, right yeah, it. true. No, he'd yeah, be the best he, person to write it then. He knows um, all about female characters. I was watching Suicide Squad in theaters, and I was like, oh, Aren't you scared now when you watch it? There's going to be a drone. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if there's going to be a drone in this. There's so many times when Michael and I have put on a movie and at the beginning one of us is like, I bet there's a drone in this movie. It happened with the Avengers. We put it on and we were like, What if there's a drone in this movie? And then Thank thank God. Oh yeah. Yeah, You're welcome. (laughs) Thank God for you guys. Because I'm forgetting what we've watched, but that is easily one of the best experiences I've had for this podcast was watching that film. People, you are wrong about the Avengers. Go listen to our podcast and hear us adamantly defend it. But anyway, so they have to go back to the Merovingian and Monica Belushi, who I texted Um, everybody earlier and said I was very happy with the the wardrobe choice in that scene. Okay, (laughs) she's so horny for Trinity and Neo to get back together. Yeah, she does have a sick fascination with. She's doing everything in her power to because she's in a terrible relationship. She's like, wow. (laughs) I would love to have someone who would literally die for me. Uh, yeah, they get yeah. into a Mexican standoff in the club, and Trinity does have a great line. The Merovingian's like, how about we do this and this and this, and maybe I'll give you Neo back. And she's like, I don't, I don't have, have time, time for this, this. shit. Yeah. And she puts a gun to his head, and she's like, I'm ready to die right here, right now. How about you? And, I mean, that, that's the kind of person it's you pretty want hot. in a relationship. Yeah, I guess you're like, oh, sexy. Okay. A girlfriend (laughs) like that. I feel like this movie does a really poor job of integrating all the characters. Like, I honestly forget Morpheus is in this movie at points. Yeah, he's not really. He does not do much. No, he doesn't do a goddamn thing in this. He rides coach when they're flying the ship to. Oh, no. He lets a woman fly. No, but I'm saying you could let Morpheus do something in this movie. I don't think he does anything. He believes. Okay, he yeah. flies a ship. <laughs> he does he it. He flies a ship. You know what? He's, he's he's done so much already by this point in the trilogy. Oh, no. No, she's driving, he, which is fine. I like Jada Pinkett in this movie. I, I like that whole flying sequence, even though it's cut in and out of the movie. Yeah, she's like, great in this. There's one shot in this movie that I always remember where she does that maneuver where she flips the ship over and like the camera know, tilts yep. up and it does the, the flip straight up and flies yep. straight again. That's awesome. As much as I hate that Lawrence Fishburne won't be back for four, I'm glad Carrie Ann Moss will be. Well, I was going to say, so many characters get sort of sidelined in this. I still feel like Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves are really committing to it and doing a really good job selling this relationship and this momentum they have of like, we got to get this done. I don't really know if characters get sidelined per se. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to focus on characters... There's so much going on. Yeah. I like that they're giving them a lot to do. I still feel like when so many things are not effective in this, I feel like they are two characters that I'm really connected with still. They've given 100% throughout the whole thing. You know the other weird thing about this movie? By today's standards for the third film in a trilogy... It's really not that long. That was the shortest one. It's two hours and nine minutes. When I was watching it, I remember it getting to the end. I'm like, damn, that did not feel that long. By today's standards, this movie would have been like two two and a half hours. Two hours and 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the uh, shortest one of the series. Because there's not much there. No, it's just an action movie. The action, besides the Neo-Smith fight, is not that good. It's fine. I think the second film had better action. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, the second one is better than the first one in terms of action. But this one, I didn't hate it either. It's just goofy. Like, that scene where Link's wife is holding the other woman over the canyon. She's like, I got one shot. And she shoots that and misses. She's like, God damn it. And it's just like, this is so goofy and cheesy to be dramatic. I can see why they were trying to make it dramatic and how it could have worked, but it just doesn't sell that way when you're watching it. It feels drawn out and kind of cliche. The first one, the biggest fight scene was still just like hand-to-hand combat. And then the second one, you have the highway chase. A lot more aerobatics and more outside forces working, going from hand-to-hand combat almost exclusively in the first one goes to the next extreme but then this one takes it even more to an extreme like giant cgi mech suits thousands of worms thousands and thousands (laughs) and when they get to the rave club and the guys jump up on the ceiling and they're fighting on the ceiling and on the floor and flipping back and forth the entire time there's a scene where two of the characters are trying to escape through this narrow crevice while all these... I'm going to call them squids. They're dropping their uh, tentacles down to try to pick them up. The characters are just crawling and jumping out of place. And you're like, they're just in front of a green screen with like nothing reaching at yeah. them. It doesn't feel like there's any threat It's because it's not real. If we're looking for drones, this might be the droniest movie we've watched yet. And there I still don't so even consider these things many. drones. Yeah, because they're not okay. being man. They're sentient. They are being controlled by the Machine City, but they're also not. If anyone's a drone in this, the yes. villain is the drone. He is, like, droning it okay. up in this okay. film. On the Matrix Reloaded, I said Hugo Weaving probably wasn't necessary in that movie. I love him in the first one. The second one, he's pretty good. I mean, he's always good, but he's not really necessary for that film. That's more about them trying to figure out how to get around the paradoxes this one he is the straight up villain of the movie and god damn it if hugo weaving does not give one of the most hilariously scenery performances connection he both ruins and makes this like he's the best thing in the entire movie i'm blown away by his performance he's also why they made him given 100 across the trilogy as well he had and he has to play like 900 characters in this movie do you remember he's when like, they're all like yeah. laughing with he's each like other in the Oracle's room? The, his mustache, how like evil he is in this remember movie. Remember when he it's knocks ridiculous. the plate of cookies off the table and he's like, maybe you didn't know I was going to do that or maybe you, you did. did. And maybe, maybe you set those you cookies know. here knowing that I was going to do it for a specific purpose. What was yeah. it? Purpose? How many times does he say purpose in this? It's, there's always somebody that's like, that's impossible. And he says, it's not impossible. It's inevitable inevitable which i was gonna say by the I'm way so glad fuck you oh. marvel which he's got here a decade before you did Didn't um, think about that. i think he's a thanos I, I was gonna say i'm i'm glad he's not coming back for the matrix four though because i want a different force also like we've literally seen i feel like they've done everything they can do with in this series yeah. okay, this is like but, the limit of what we can do but it's great it's so but you, he's so much fun here you guys do know they're just bringing back another one of the agents from the original trilogy, right? Agent Johnson, Daniel Bernhardt. I'm going to hope, though, that I'm, it's not I'm just thinking it's gonna be, thousands uh, of Agent Johnsons. 
I'm guessing. I think the it Mer- might be uh, the Merovingian will also be back. It's going to be Neil Patrick Harris. I hope he's a villain. He's a great villain, or he can't play really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen is just going to play Morpheus. I think he's playing a young Morpheus. Oh, baby Morpheus. Wait, yeah. Do you actually think that? Yeah, I think it's also been like rumored and like kind of confirmed. We'll see. We'll see in December, guys. Real quick, not a trailer yet, yeah, but we'll see in six months. Well, there's no Spider-Man trailer either. Well, that's because that, that movie Marvel? is... Oh. They're like trying to be so secretive as possible. We know it's Spider-Verse, guys. Yeah, Just show us the trailer, true. okay? Look, they Who don't cares? have to release a trailer. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> Who gives a shit? I want Tobey Maguire. I care. I want I care. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie it. again. I will camp out for this movie. My oh, God, God. are you serious? do that. That's, that's you guys a lot. Are that right there. for this? You know they're just going to do what they did in WandaVision and just have it there as like a joke, and then they're going to throw it away like it was nothing. Yeah, Tobey Maguire is going to show up. Show it's going to be a bit of comedy, named, and they're going to uh, be like, oh, wasn't that his funny and gonna, clever? Gotcha. going to be Peter Penis. Yeah, it will. Be like, he's going to show up for five seconds. Yeah, it will. That's exactly what will happen. I'll be offended. I will be offended. Yeah, Tom I, get ready for Tom it. Because that's what they're going to do. We, hey, Andrew, from the okay. most reliable source on the web, we got this covered, okay? Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield rumored to be co-leads of Spider-Man No Way Home. Guys, this is... This is a fact right here. We've got an article confirmed. I, I heard I that in the movie, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to swing through the city and he's going to hit someone and it's going to be Tobey Maguire and he's going to be like, get out of the fucking way. I can't see. They might as well get Richard Hammond or whatever his name was from that 70s show and throw him in there. Why not? What? Just cram every Spider-Man ever into a movie. Oh, the 70s show. I yeah. thought you said that 70s show. Yeah, Kurtwood Smith is Spider-Man. I was like, are you talking about Red? Yeah. You're, God you're, damn it, Spider-Man. I just really, real quick, want to give a shout-out to uh, Ian Bliss, who plays Bane yeah. in this movie. The scene with him Great. holding Harry Ann Moss with a knife, really good. Uh, I read that they hired him for this role because of his impersonation. It's fantastic. I completely believe him as agent smith embodied in another human that whole scene where he's talking Mm -hmm. with neo and he says the it's not impossible it's inevitable the way he delivers his lines and the way he punctuates sentences even his facial expressions i'm like i believe this is this agent thrown into a human body which is a creepy concept what if these people can actually come out into the real world jay you said you like the blinding sequence it's I don't know I just it's very that mythological was one of the things I was like yeah in terms of like trying to say something it just works with the story it doesn't feel out of place like the whole train sequence I like it but it's a little too silly you know they could have just kept it with more of the Oracle instead of introducing all these new characters well they introduce but, a new character with the Oracle because I was gonna say speaking of now that we messed up on the Reloaded podcast we yeah, can say for certain or... this is a different actress Mary Alice. She's good. I she's like really, her. I, she's good. Yeah, I liked her. I liked that they call it out, though. They they do a, a nice little Fresh Prince uh, joke. <laughs> yeah. Where, she's like, yeah, yeah. I look a little I different, don't I? <laughs> That's don't like even Matrix. mention it, guys. I mean, good excuse. Like, it makes sense for the Matrix. It's like, oh, yeah, they, they can change a bit, you know? It doesn't even look. I saw it. <laughs> what is that? For those listening... Jay has changed his Zoom background to a fake trailer image of old Tobey <laughs> Maguire holding his Spider-Man. 
It's... What are you talking about? This is a new image. Spider Toby no is not home. gonna be seventy years old in No Way Home. <laughs> He's gonna, they're gonna be gonna like put, forty. They're gonna they're gonna put Ridley Scott makeup on him. He looks like Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Oracle. Good. I like her. She works. Yeah. Like we said about Dumbledore, both of these actresses work very well. And if either one had been the Oracle for the entire trilogy, it would have been perfect. They could Either just way. go in and CG her into the other movies over Gloria Stewart. Like, <laughs> no. Uh, Lucas really style. CG, CG Gloria Stewart into the third one. She's dead. Yeah, you just use deleted scenes. No, you need the actress that's still alive. Oh, well, now you don't, actually. You can just like use her face and CG an abomination in the film frame. Or you can just take, like Matt, you said, deleted scenes for, like, what they did for Rise of Skywalker and just take a dead yeah. woman. My dirt. favorite just make is it, that- Just make us scared of what we're seeing on screen because we know <laughs> what we're seeing is not real. We want to be terrified I- of technology. It just reminds me of that believe. Simpsons quote where, like, the kid's like, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> I, I can't believe there is a scene in that movie where they had footage of Princess Leia saying, never underestimate a droid. And so they just filmed a shot of R2-D2 kind of, like, bouncing <laughs> back and forth and saying something just so they could use an extra line of her saying, like, that line. And it has, like, it makes no sense, has no context to the scene. And it's like, oh, just say she left. She she, she passed. To retire. Just say she died. Yeah, they yeah, kill her off in the movie the anyway. Yeah, just open up the movie with that. Yeah, you know? like sorry she died. Big, big funeral scene. That's how you start off the movie. It's like our hero is dead. How are we gonna yeah, how are we gonna come this? back from this? Yeah, but nope. Disney owns you. Damn it! No, we have to have her. She must be in here. Here's a hot take that maybe I shouldn't say on an open mic. They should have recast Black Panther because the I Black swear Panther, to God, if we keep talking Black, about Marvel, the Black Panther character is guys, bigger Andrew than Chadwick Boseman. Andrew, and I hate none to tell of you I this, but we're starting a new podcast, and it's going to be a review of everything. It's Marvel called Drain the Swamp. Done. Drain the Swamp, guys. <laughs> Join us. I, I'm. <laughs> What's his name? Souza? The Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza. He's he's Guys, the real one. He's the chosen. First episode, one. we're gonna be uncovering the secret of Obama. You'll never believe what he's done. <laughs> he had a birthday party. The single worst thing you can do during Speaking COVID, of, besides tell all misinformation about COVID. I love how Dinesh D'Souza no. on his Wikipedia page has a whole section that just says Campaign finance violation, felony, guilty plea, conviction, and pardon. It's a full circle. Speaking of drones and Obama, the guy who just leaked information about uh, civilian casualties by drone strikes during Obama's presidency is going to prison for leaking the information. Meanwhile, the people who carried out the drone strikes are fine having birthday parties. Yeah. Yes, that's the whole thing right now is that someone's going to prison for... And it was... The judge said... It was to dissuade people from going against the government. And I was like, oh, yikes. That's. There was like when people said Edward Snowden was a traitor to our country because he's a he... hero. Yeah. And it made me excited to actually get to the drone like documentaries that we're going to be covering. I think those would be fun. They won't be about. fun, they'll be interesting. They. <laughs> There's going to be some heated conversations, probably. Yeah, guys, get ready for us to talk politics. I mean, we've brought up Dinesh D'Souza the past three episodes, I think. Drain the swamp, guys. It's coming. (laughs) Starting next next week. 
Next week, next week, first episode. God. All right. So, yeah, we were talking about how Neo is Jesus. I like the sequence, too, between him and Bane. It's a suspense sequence, but I like the alien lighting where it's like the strobe lights going on and off. And we get this big reveal that Neo, despite being blind, can actually still see code in the real world. Again, talking about Neo, I think it also works him being blind for like him to be able to see in the Matrix. I think that's a good... Yeah. Are you saying I that I was blind, but now I can see? So he's bl- he was blinded so he could see... It's quiet, but it's loud. Um, <laughs> it's it's on a <laughs> megaphone. <laughs> I feel like Neo's pain there. Keanu Reeves does a good job selling like the pain he's in, and even Trinity's like horrified. Uh, honestly, but honestly, still, not, she's like, "I'll still stay I, with you." Well, what if she was like, "Oh, God, I thought that in that scene." What if she was like, "Ugh, I don't want this anymore." I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this shit. Honestly, if I was I, Neo and I got electrocuted in the eyes, I would be in pain for a lot longer. But he kind of just screams and then just like stumbles around because he, he knows it's only temporary. Well, and he like he shakes really well too. He does like a good like physical. You know, people don't give Keanu enough acting credit. People no, what are you talking actor. about? Everyone says he's good. No, now. so like there's a whole now thing. they there, do. You you would not believe the community of people that say like he's a good i agree he's not a good actor like i agree completely that, i think he's oh, doing okay. a lot of really good physical yeah. acting here he's doing more than just reading lines which i think a lot of people criticize i like for, but this I think scene right in particular. Here, you're right, he's got physical acting i like this scene in particular because the transition goes from pain to fear to acceptance and then to embodying his confidence it. in the ending he controls like, it so much yeah his confidence yeah. when he stands up against that machine and is like i already know what's gonna happen and if you don't believe me then you can just kill me right now i don't care well guys he's blind it's not like he can be scared of what he's seeing no but to walk up and put the entire human race at risk at that moment he knows i'm the only one that can fix this and if you don't believe that then why don't you just kill me right now but I, I like that the blinding of him is he's not the same person he was anymore and he's crippled by that. But it goes from like fear and then into acceptance. He still has this utter confidence about everything he's doing. He's like, I know who I am. I'm the only one that can stop this. And I only know that if I believe in myself, that's the only way we're going to fix anything. He's I like that. And I think Keanu Reeves does a good job with his inflection selling that. People still kind of dog on Keanu Reeves, but I feel like he does a really excellent job in, in this whole series. But I think in this movie in particular, I was surprised at how good he and Carrie Ann Moss were together and just on their own. That's He's why their the plot is parts the best. of this film. Yeah, it's it's definitely the leading plot line here. I wish there was a little more of it, honestly. Yeah. Because there's the whole Bane scene, and then there's like 20 or 30 minutes of Zion stuff, and then it gets back to Neo and Trinity, and they're just getting to the machine world. But obviously at that point, like, not much can happen. You know, they just have to get there, and Neo's blind. But, like, it could have been interesting to have them maybe, like, stop off somewhere and see something. Well, I was going to say, one of the key things that the Wachowskis could have done here, which I think would have helped a lot, would have been to intercut these scenes a lot more. I mean, they're already intercut a lot, but if we had intercut the sections of Zion more with Neo and Trinity that would have built up the momentum a lot better and also made us more invested in every single plot that's going on in the movie. Instead of like break off here from Zion, we're back to Trinity and Neo for like six minutes and then we're back to Zion again. It stops and starts over and over again. Whereas if they had intercut it, 
the momentum and the suspense would have been building and these two storylines would have clashed a little bit better. Or intercut the Neo-Smith fight with the ending of Zion. Yeah, that would have been good too. There's like that first wave of Zion that they're like, all right, we're good. But then, oh no, actually more machines are coming. We have like no mech suits. So we have to just go and hide. And then it goes like all the Neo and Smith fight. It would have been interesting. Maybe like Zion is like at their last breath. They're like overwhelmed. And then that's when Neo finally defeats Smith. Yeah, I think more intercutting would have helped. You know what movie does that excellently? The climax, climax of Return of the King. Yeah. Where we're intercutting between Sam and Frodo fighting Gollum on the mountain and the fight going on right outside Mordor. And it builds up to such an emotional climax. You're so invested and wrapped up. You feel a real sense of dread and fear for these characters. This film opened in over 100 territories, which meant it played on 18,000 screens with 10,000 overseas and 3,000 in the United States and Canada. That's insane. It was big. Usually movies are released in different territories at different times. Like Depending on the film, Europe goes before or after America. Australia goes before or after Europe, whatever. All of these go at different times. So well, it depends on what country the movie was made in, too. True, yeah. But most movies are not released simultaneously in almost every single major country that watches films, unless they're a giant film like this or Endgame or something like that. Well, this also has universal appeal. They're pulling from different cultural zeitgeist styles, like anime or martial arts combat films so it would make sense they'd want to release this because it targets all markets it's not just a western film it's an all-inclusive international film i mean you have have australian actors and all across the board every element's been thrown into this movie and they made an anime for uh for a huge film has a very short wikipedia page i must say i was trying to look up the production of it but like there's it's i was gonna look into some of the production i'm sure it was just all i'd love to watch a documentary about just the making of all three of them yeah maybe i say that but i'd never watch that maybe it's just that we've seen this movie so many times but well we've said it already but for the third film in a trilogy it's underwhelming i'd be honest i liked it more this time we should talk about the ending well we should real quick talk about the scene that i remember which is when i watched it with jay several years ago right after this really beautiful scene where trinity sees the sun for the first time i love that part i kind of wish we could have seen keanu's perspective too because he's also never seen a real sun I know he's blind, yeah. but he could have seen the energy heat signature from it. That would have been oh yeah, they nice. didn't even show. No, like, it's his all from perspective. Trinity's perspective because he probably did because see it, right? because they show it from Trinity's perspective because what they're about to do is such a yeah. bullshit. We talked about it two episodes ago. Okay, but this is the scene where I remember watching it with Jay, where Trinity is impaled and she's dying, and she gives this really heartfelt, emotional speech. And I think you and I were watching it from the perspective of it being a little sappy last time. But I just remember her delivering this beautiful dying speech where she's like, I always knew it was you. And I know that you're the only one that can stop this. And I'm sorry I can't be there with you. And he's like crying with her. And Jay right beside me just goes. It's like, I, I liked her speech. I did too. 
<laughs> but it's <laughs> I think the first time I saw it, I was like, this is mel- I, I like it it's a lot. It's melodramatic. More now, yeah, but, but it is melodramatic, but, yeah. but it works. But I think Jay and I were just exhausted from all of the mech suit fights and squids flying around that we were just like Captain Mafoon getting just eviscerated. Oh, Captain Mafune, like Tashir Mafune. And Andrew, I would, in there. I would even say that I like the idea that we don't see his reaction because then you have that moment where Hugo Weaving tries to turn him into one of him and he like actually becomes the light you know so like i feel like it, yeah, it, it works. works him yeah, not it does. him not seeing the lights because literally that's how he saves the world yeah that is by, actually a good moment of by inheriting full all circle. that light yeah yeah by the way, I oh, love yeah. Hugo Weaving in that moment because he's the Oracle right there, oh, right? I've seen, I've this, seen this before. before. You, you were, were sitting there. right there, <laughs> yeah. and I was, I was right here, just well, like I was, this. I was doing something. I, I can't remember what. I wish they could have uh, just had the Oracle. Imagine this whole scene, but just with the Oracle. The <laughs> Oracle fighting Hugo you. Weaving. <laughs> just I mean, it is her. They show her after the ending of the fight. So, yeah. That'd be great if she her. walked up to Neo and just ashed a cigarette on his forehead. And then right at the end of that fight, Morpheus walks out because he's like, oh, I, I'm in this movie. Yeah, I, I was I was in there for a little while, but I'm back now. Morpheus is there to just say he believes. That's all he does. He really is. How do you know it's going to work? Because I believe. No, he lays his gun down and Jada Pinkett Smith is like, what the ever-loving fuck are you doing? And he's like, they're not going to hurt us anymore. It's like, you dumbass, you can just still hold your gun. You don't know that. Yeah, you don't. Well, I believe. This could absolutely be 100% a trap. It probably but is. But now Jada Pinkett Smith got all on that believe train too. Because she's like, well, I don't believe in the one, but I believe in Neo. Remember when they land the ship inside Zion? And he's like, that was really Another good happy landing? Yeah, another happy landing. And she says something like, some things never change. And he no things never change some things like, do some things do i literally Which is thought a they line were, from the second one i literally thought they were about to start fucking like they were gonna <laughs> in come in ship. and find them and be like oh Link shit comes like, up and is like yeah. hey captain oh shit i'm out of here so trinity is gonna die twice and be resurrected three times huh is that really gonna happen let's really not talk that? about it it's okay let's keanu's not. died twice and they're equal opportunity offenders keanu yeah. makes they, sense, i feel like they though, just because they, he's the one I also just feel like making a Matrix films without Keanu sounds like a really bad idea. Like it sounds like it's a, wrong. Not it, it, not, well, it sounds <laughs> wrong from like a, a series a standpoint. Film? But I, yeah, I would say yes. I'm because I, at the I end feel of like this film, more, I was happy that we were getting more. But from a studio standpoint, you can't make a Matrix film without Keanu. Well, the architect does say the piece will last as long as it can. Uh, near two decades. So, you know, returning to a series like that is, I think it's a good idea. I, and it, and it's the original director, so I, I'm really confident in her. And I think, I'm sad it's not both of them, but I think she's going to do great. I'm not saying it probably won't be good. I'm excited for it, but I like I that know. they it's gave Lana like, more time with this, from what it sounds like. She's but, had time to yeah, fester. I hope she has and, creative control. And it's I'm sure not, she will. Like, I don't really know if a studio would even know what to do. Don't know with Warner Brothers nowadays, Andrew. That's very no. true. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, even if Warner Brothers meddled, I don't know if they would even have a sense of what to do with this material. They were going to reboot it. Yeah. Anyway. They, can you add some pop songs? To no, the they wouldn't know what to do with it. But they would absolutely make another one. It would be terrible. There were no. There were no one. fucking dumb pop radio songs in my version. I remember. 
I don't know if this was like a can we have like mandate, a cartoon Morpheus in this? I one? remember listening to the soundtrack for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and there was this like pop song on it, and I was like, "You mean Elvis Presley? What is this?" No, yes, Elvis Presley. Yeah, Frank Sinatra, the pop, the pop That's artist. Rock, not pop. What uh, Elvis song was in that movie? What you falling can't in love help with you. Falling in love with you. Come on, are you I, the Blade Runner fan? No, I'm the Fallout fan. But yeah, I like Blade Runner too. He loves the Fallout video games, guys. That's what he's mm, talking yeah. about. Yeah. I <laughs> love Enter the, the Matrix. I want to um, play Enter the Matrix after you guys have started talking about it. Even yeah, that story. first episode you were skeptical, but it, it sounds looks, interesting, doesn't it? It looks horrible, but it'd be interesting to it's dig a video up game on from eBay 2002. Like it's hey, gonna look bad. Fire Man Two holds up, baby, from that. Oh era. yeah, it does. <laughs> oh no! In 15 years, Dr. Connor's class. <laughs> Play the pizza music. Right, drop in the pizza theme right here, Andrew. Please, right Just over this now. whole segment. What's the pizza theme? Oh my oh. god. Oh, you know what we're talking about. Don't even act like you didn't play the Spider-Man 2 video game where he delivers I would, pizza. I, did, I, I would always Andrew, remember the pizza Andrew, music. I would yes, always deliver do. the pizzas so messed up. People would be pissed. It's like, dude, not, you're getting a pizza, pizza from Spider-Man. Why don't you be happy and grateful? Oh, you mean in a movie they make Spider-Man delivering pizzas look easy and then in real life it would be a complete shit show? Yeah. That makes Here's sense. what I do. Well, in the video <laughs> game if you like hit the ground too fast the pizza jumbles up oh like what would really happen probably because spider-man fucks it up here's all what the i time. don't like about I'm trying to get back on topic here's what i Thank don't you. like about the ending i feel like the fight happens and you get this last scene and like lord of the rings i'm not saying this needs to be have 10 endings like return of the king but there's return some closure was had a lot of closure for all the characters yeah i feel I like agree. you get a couple shots of the other characters react to like this new kind of world order and then you get the last scene with the architect and oracle and then that's it you like, wish there was more yeah i maybe like a few more scenes of just like wrapping up the b plot more. it's so fast it's, it's like five minutes it, yeah there's like right after the fight ends it's like one scene and then boom it's done and i was like oh we spend again, more time with the kid telling the zion the war is over yeah, can we do with the oh train man and put in some more character stuff with plot B? Give me more I Morpheus. Think. I want more Morpheus. I feel yeah. like everything is wrapped Morpheus up by that Morpheus. point, though, because you know that Morpheus and Jada Pinkett Smith, whether they get back together or not, they are past whatever happened in their relationship, whatever broke it up. They're you know back together. That's not even what I mean. Literally, I mean figure. like they had a close connection to Neo, and for his sacrifice to happen, and then it just kind of like it's done, wash yeah. over. And I get what it, you're the saying. Movie ends. If we just, spend thirty I, minutes in a train station and five minutes here, that seems like a real. No, I get what you're saying. I just really can't think of what they would do more than what they showed. Maybe have Morpheus have a moment of self-reflection about... He could give a... No, he could give a speech to Zion or something between him and Jada Pinkett about like, yeah, like, what this Zion meant about to him. Neo's sacrifice. What, not even that. What but Morpheus, like, Morpheus did, has been here since the beginning. And, yeah, he like was essential to bring Neo into the fold. Was the entirety of what saved the human civilization. That's basically almost all of the Matrix is him guiding yeah, him Neo guiding to this Neo path. and bringing him to the point. 
point where he can be the one that brings all of this together. But Morpheus should have a moment of reflection about what he did or what he caused. Since he and Neo were close, maybe he has a moment where he's like saddened by Neo's loss. And he really reflects over, did I kill this man by bringing him out and doing this? I've killed a friend of mine, a close ally. The person that brought all of this together is dead now because of me. Was that right to do? Just a a moment of conflict or self-reflection from Morpheus would have been nice. And Matthew, I, I understand if like it was enough for you, but um, just yeah, no, I just I'm feel not. Like it was a wasted I'm not saying like maybe they do a cut to black and then come in and he gives like a speech to Zion about what Neo did for them and something like that. But besides that, it's not that I didn't want more per se. It's just I don't really know what more they could have done. I'm just saying point. it like, feels a little false by not giving it, it, us that. It is, now that you mention it, it is a little quick because you see Neo die, they carry him away. Morpheus is just like, thank you, Neo. And then it cuts to the Oracle and the Architect. And they give the epilogue. And that's will. a good, I do like that scene. And I do like the implications of, you're right, this isn't over. But it doesn't undermine his sacrifice. They it, say it, the thing, too, about there's a sunrise. I did it for Neo. Will we see him again? Maybe. We just might. No, she's and like, I cheesy. guarantee you we will. It's a little cheesy, she but says, I definitely <laughs> like wing. the colors. She says, I love Jay, the I'll colors see you in the in sky. Five years. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'll see about you that. on December eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Oh nope, never mind. Uh, but, it might be twenty twenty two. Oh actually, no, they got to fit it into that HBO Max release schedule. Guys, no, 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 remember? no, no. But she was like, "Oh, we might have a, a human apocalypse." Sorry, of our December twenty two decade. Do you think the robots cause coronavirus in order to delay the release? <laughs> The Matrix 4. Matrix 4 uh, is confirmed no. to be the first of a 14-part film uh, series. That is um, with a five, five prequel films in development oh and two God. animated television show spinoffs. Huh, that's interesting. I didn't hear. I didn't know about that. Huh. Actually, Andrew, movie. the machines wanted you to get very hype about Dune, and then the week before Dune comes out, the Delta <laughs> yeah. variant is going to get so bad they shut down theaters again. That you have to wear masks to go to a theater? Which, no, they're the just going to shut down. Anybody's gonna no fall more Dune. Role. Or a Disney movie is going to come out that requires more screens than Dune, yeah. so it, get push, it gets pushed to that back theater that you don't want to go to with like the weird group of people, you know? Sorry, do, guys, we got to watch our really insensitive Pokemon all the Dune. remake instead of Dune. Yeah. <laughs> um, we made it to what? be we made it to be culturally sensitive, but actually it turns out it's really not. I might have said it on this podcast the other week, but something came out in IMAX and I was like, oh, I'd see that in IMAX. And then by the time the next week came around, I was like, oh, I might go see it in IMAX. And something had already taken over IMAX again. That happens literally all the time. I know. I'm just saying we're back to the point where there's enough movies coming out where there's going to be something new in IMAX every week. But luckily, Dune will get two weeks because it turns out Alita, two weeks later. I feel like Alita Battle Angel got like five weeks in the freaking IMAX. I remember seeing that for just weeks on end, and I was like, Didn't that is, come out on? in January? February. It was a it's February okay. release. It's okay. That's probably why. Because IMAX will release three movies a year that I actually give a shit about seeing, and the rest of them I'll be like, I can see that in a normal theater. Well, also, seeing a movie that's not like made for IMAX in IMAX isn't, I feel it's like, a waste stupid, of money sometimes. Yeah. You can go see it in Dolby Atmos for the same thing. It's like, a complete waste um, of money. It's just like, why am not I Not if you have this? A-list. Sure, what, whatever. I we mean, are not supported by A-list, okay, guys. Okay, scratch that. We are not, we are not, not sponsored. It's not a complete waste of money, then, I guess. It's a complete waste of time. your time, yes. Are you saying you uh, don't? 
want to see the Hitman's bodyguards in IMAX? Yeah. I saw that in a regular theater. (laughs) Yeah, I saw it in Dolby. It was bad. I think the worst thing I've seen in IMAX is Fifty Shades 3, but I saw it as a joke on (laughs) Valentine's Day with my friends. So, you know. Yeah, we okay. we were in an IMAX. Guys, with it's a moms. joke. We're here. We're here. It was really weird. Josh, it was really it was really weird to see in an IMAX. Isn't it hilarious that we paid Jay seventeen dollars to see this in IMAX on Valentine's? Yeah, Day? guys, just for, just, just for a goof. Just for a goof, guys. Jay actually stood up, take my wallet, and announced that to everyone. He, yeah, he just, just said, so you guys know. But yeah, the ending is is yeah. I like it. I like I like the fatalism of the ending. I know, Matthew, that they bring it all back and it's reset. But I like that yeah, this is a movie series that ends where they're like, literally all of the characters we've followed, half of them are dead. And the world has just been reset to the status quo from the first film. The whole first people film was about breaking free. People are still living underground. Yeah, it's, that's people not are still going to live in Zion <laughs> yeah. underground. Like, they're living in a tunnel holes. The yeah, they're let mole me, people. Yeah, let me ask you guys. <laughs> they are mole people. Wait, <laughs> let me ask you guys. Do y'all think it could have benefited from like a Tron Legacy type ending where like they completely no. shut it down? No, I like this ending because no, it is. No, because that's what's going to happen in the fourth one. I feel like the fourth yeah, I guess one it is, is sequel bait. Yeah. Apparently, the story yes. continues in the Matrix Online video game from what I was reading. Oh, sh- so there's shit. More. This isn't Enter the Guys, Matrix. Tune this in is next the online week. video game. Yeah, tune in next week to where we talk about Enter the Matrix. You think it's still Matthew, works? go look on the Wikipedia for the Matrix online and look at the cover for that game. I saw it today and died. Oh, it's great. It's, it's <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that in Blockbusters a long time ago. The Wachowskis probably... directed this. Yeah, there's cutscene huh. footage this... in there, too. Do we have anything else to say about the movie? <laughs> Before trivia? No, let's roll into trivia. There's a lot here. I'm going to read off, guys, a lot of trivia, but it's kind of interesting. Now, this makes me wish I had seen it in IMAX. I feel like this film in IMAX would have been a good opening weekend kind of film, you know, with everyone there. A huge opening like this, but many of the raindrops are actual, like, lines of code in the Matrix. The subtle effect was added to imply that the Matrix was beginning to destabilize. And so, like, it's a visual... Well, I mean, the rain looks like the green code lines anyway. It's it's always been a metaphor they've used. Yeah. I would just like to say that they re-released the first one in theaters back in 2019, and I saw it, and it was great. It'd be cool if they re-released the third one in IMAX for the 20 years. Keanu Reeves reportedly earned $15 million for the film, which is the equivalent of $400,000 for every minute of screen time. Yeah, again, that's what I'm saying. You cannot do a film without him. His foot is in the door, and he's not, like, coming out. It's, he's just so iconic. Well, it holds role. on him, and he's vastly important, and he also really commits to the film. It's not like you can say he's phoning it in ever. He's really committing the entire time. I mean, yeah, he earned that he would, money. He was in a little more than a fourth of the film. And that's one of the things, as I was going to say that, I know there's a lot of scenes where he's not in it, but when he's there, you can just feel his presence and, like, again, how confident he is in this film. It is like a Dark Knight Rises kind of, like, character arc for him. I feel Um, like he's gotten better as the films have gone on, honestly. He has to rise and fall, and it's great. He has to fight Bane. Yes, I wish he had fought Tom Hardy. The key of the beginning theme you hear at the beginning of every Matrix movie 
rousing streams and horn blasts ascends with each movie. The Matrix starts with the key of it, E minor, the Matrix Reloaded ascends a whole step to F sharp minor, and the Matrix Revolutions ascends half a step to the key of G minor. Now, I don't know what those words mean, but I can kind of see what they mean. Well, totally, like they that. shift I, I, completely. I, yeah, like, they that's, set the mood that's for great. the movie. I don't even. I didn't even notice that before. They're less sharp and more melancholy the further down the scale they go. So it's. I think it's implying that this one's going to be a much more somber film than the other two. Is that in the opening when you see the code and yeah. it's like, yeah, okay. uh, you know, it's like rising. I didn't know this. This isn't on the. Do you like the city war shot? I do the trivia. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. That overhead shot of New York. How about we didn't even mention the shot where they have a whole person created out of fire and it looks really bad but he still has what? sunglasses on did y'all see oh, that yeah, yeah. when he yeah when what's his name turns into Smith. fire yeah yeah and he's wait, still wait. got the sunglasses on so Dude, neo fucking <laughs> blows his head off with that crowbar yeah, he decapitates yeah he like full rips his head off with that thing and it is just the oracle, so he's beating the shit out of That's not of the oracle. oracle. No. The oracle is not. the one at the end. Oh, uh, I'm thinking of the, yeah, I'm thinking of the ending when he does the huge punch to the face. Yeah. But he does intentionally um, murder the oracle. Yeah. It had to be done. Um, it had, it's okay. She's had, casually. She's in the next scene, so it's okay. Um, I didn't know this, <laughs> yeah. but the Nebuchadnezzar is the name of the ship captain by Morpheus, even though he doesn't even fly it. He doesn't do a single goddamn thing. Wait. But it's, of course, a biblical reference to Nebuchadnezzar the second. Yeah. No, I... I, I no, I he's knew it was a biblical... Re- I, didn't, I didn't know it was the name of the... Sh- yeah. yeah, I didn't know... Yeah, and I'm just giving it to audience members who are not Context. religious. Yeah, it's the name... It's a biblical reference to Nebuchadnezzar II from the Book of Daniel. I think that's a great thing. And there's also that the ship is referred to as the Hammer, um, which is actually spun off of Molnir, Thor's Hammer, because it always actually... returned to its master, sparking oh. lightning... Uh, thunder along the way like the hammer the ship returned to its master's zion with its own lightning and thunder i think details like this is why you can't have a matrix movie without the wachowskis it's actually a reference to mother russia but yeah but yeah like that just little details like that is what matters like you don't realize it but your brain does that's just weird that it was mentioned as a piece of trivia on the revolutions page because they definitely name dropped the nebuchadnezzar in all three it's films. probably on both i said pages. when i started the trivia that it's not on the imdb trivia page i just wanted to point that out because we haven't and i really liked that so yes well there you go next trivia fact there are 804 visual effects shots, almost all of them containing some kind of a live-action element, which is probably just the person, and then everything else is fake. The special effects crew spent two months designing the apparatus to make the perfect raindrop. Just crazy that they couldn't just... How just long? Rain. Two months? Have, have rain. rain. Yeah, a, a, rain a, machine. a rain machine. Two months of work. Wait, do you think that they like sat down their effects team and were like, all right, guys, so we're going to have you create rain. But we really like they they told them their two month span of work and they were like, but like the lot over has a rain machine. Can't you just you have use to that? remember <laughs> that they're doing trick shots a lot of the time where they have to slow down everything. And like when he punches Smith in the face, you have to be able to have the fist interact with the water in a certain way. And also, you have to remember, too, this is the time where CGI was huge, and they were just like, how can we make computer effects programs work out simulations that could never have been seen before? 
that was one of the things that Weta did with Lord of the Rings, where they were like, how can we make these huge crowd sequences where we can't get all these extras in here, but make it stretch as far as the eye can see? And I think a lot of what they were doing at the time, they could have just used real rain, I'm sure, and they could have made it work. But what they were also trying to do was like, how can we manipulate the the effects in the movie to make the perfect shot we want to make using CGI technology? And they, it was really eh, like a boom that they were trying to develop. I don't think it. I think I they were just experimenting, necessary. and they. I don't. I didn't say it was necessary. I'm just saying this was one of those moments where they're like, "We can do this now. Let's try and make it to where our directors can have the perfect vision for what they want to be able to showcase with CGI." It's like if you get a new tool and you just want to do everything you can with it. Like if you get a painting canvas, you're like, "I don't need to paint." five different portraits but i i want to just try it and experiment with it and see what i can do or get away with i think people were just trying to be creative with it it's the second live action film to be released in both regular and imax theaters at the same time but the film dropped 66 percent in total earnings in its second week of release which is because i'm sure everyone saw it the first week I feel like they do these big opening drop-off weekends. Like, I remember 2016 when Civil War and Batman v Superman had these huge second-week drop-offs. It's like, because the people who wanted to see that movie got out week one and saw it. Like, well, also, they well, weren't, you're, you're not, th- I was going to say, even with this film, you're also thinking about the word of mouth that comes off of it is probably yeah, not. Yeah, BVS was a lot about word of mouth. I, and uh, but I would maybe also, this one was a little bit, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You look it did at, not again, get great you, reviews. You look at Civil War, which also had good reviews. It had a pretty big second weekend drop. Yeah, I agree with and I that think too, it is yeah. again because I think it's people a little bit who of wanted to see the Matrix Revolutions saw it opening week. It had a fan base, which is I think what comprised most of. I mean, by this point, it it, it had, like captured the world. You know, if I feel I like be, what studios want is. The I don't part. think that what I want to say is I don't think those are like the worst. You know, what, I don't think they're. What so studios uncommon. want is a movie like The Matrix, where they don't have to put a lot of money into it. They just make a movie and throw it out there, and then it builds word of mouth, and people keep going back to see it again and again and again. But what people don't understand is that's a really good movie that people want to see over and over and over again. If you make a bad movie, word of mouth is just going to plummet and really tank the box office, too. Like BVS. I don't necessarily think this one's, this movie's not anywhere near as bad as Batman vs. Superman. But I do agree with you, Jay, that I think a lot of people go to see it the first weekend. But if you make a good movie, like a really good movie, like the first Matrix, people will go back and see it over and over again. It probably is worldwide numbers, too, because if you release a movie like this everywhere and everyone is seeing it then yeah you're right the second weekend drop is obviously going to be big because what other movie was out everywhere in the world at the same time as this one was the 2003 super bowl trailer the only one which incorporates both back-to-back sequels reloaded and revolutions is said by some fans to feature all the men and women that are plugged into the matrix waking up from the matrix and emerging from their pods however Neither copies of the trailer downloaded in 2003 nor versions of the trailer in modern home video releases show this. Subsequent trailers are all for either one movie or the other and do not show people waking up from the Matrix either. This wouldn't have made any sense to show this given that the events supposedly depicted do not happen in the movie. Well, you know what? Whoever wrote this, it might be a deleted scene that they put in. You Is that like a Mandela? Put in the video is that like a Mandela effect kind of thing? Like, I think this well, is a stupid piece of trivia. But... Talking about 
some more obvious stuff. The brand of cigarettes the Oracle smokes is Double Destiny. Um, oh my god! Yeah, um, and then Neo is an anagram for one. I wanted to say earlier, one of the things that's never really faltered in this series is the cinematography. The color grading and camera shots and lighting in this film are beautiful. Especially the, like, train sequence portions. I was really kind of blown away by, like, the negative space they used in the frame and the lighting. I kind of laughed when they were in that fight sequence with the train conductor because they're running by. And all the walls in the subway are filled with Powerade advertising. But the Powerade advertising is intentionally green Powerade. And they've color graded it (laughs) into the background of the scene. You can see the Powerade symbol, but it blends in with the walls so perfectly that you're like, I don't even really care that much or I'm not distracted by it as like, here, here's a Coca-Cola advertising in the of the movie do you think people in the matrix are ever just ever wake up one day like walk to work and they're just like yo when did the world get so green what happened to the blue sky that's I what's mean, happening the, in our reality now the, we're in the matrix oh and the the last shot is like the only there's like a blue sky in the entire franchise i think it's the only blue we've I ever mean, seen before like a yeah like a pretty much bright baby blue yeah i like it it's like otherworldly um Lights being introduced to the world again. But last but not least, we will revisit. Hey, that's another sad thing. Is like these people are still going to be mole men. They're still never going to see the sun. That's what I'm saying. They're still underground. They're never going to be able to come back up because the machines are still going to be there, and they're going to be like, "Fuck you! You're not coming back up here." Like, how do you build buildings after all of this? You don't. Yeah. I mean, they're digital anyway, so... Go ahead, Jay. Yes. We will be revisiting Lawrence Fishburne and Harry Lennox. Um, in oh, Man God. <laughs> a oh, that's a piece of trivia. These two actors also started yep. this movie together. Of course, it's and a superhero no one has movie, been... too. Uh, every, why wouldn't it be a superhero IMDb movie? Every trivia section always has, like, three of those. It's like, these two people started this movie. Oh, they also started it, in this movie. Come one on. out of ten yep. people found this interesting. Just actors in other movies. Did you know, guys? Know that happens. Did you know that the Hurt Locker trivia page was entirely deleted, and the only thing that's still on there is that Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie were both <laughs> in the Marvel universe. That's literally the only trivia that exists. You did that. You deleted everything. No, you thought that was the only useful no. piece of trivia. We know you. I did was it telling Matthew before this episode started. Do you remember like when people just used to like make movies? No. And not everybody was concerned about how Jeremy no. Renner was so good as Hawkeye no. and his acting. Look at those eyes. <laughs> those eyes are so <laughs> intense. Wait, what was no. that? It was in my <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Hold but on. people believe that for real. They're like... Are you talking about an in-game where he Robert says, Dally you Jr. get your hammer and you talk to him? People no. were like, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. deserves an Academy Award for playing Iron Man in Endgame. It's like, you know he's been Look in like his real eyes. movies, Those right? are the eyes of a man who has lost everything. <laughs> My favorite no was, I sent it, I, I'm pretty sure since it's Andrew, right when they announced that there was a new Superman project being developed by J.J. Abrams, the IMDb trivia page had like 20 facts about how fans were upset that J.J. Abrams was a part of it. And like a, a day later, I they, wonder, they, they I all got removed. And I was like, what? Why was someone so upset about J.J. Abrams on this project the that they took? That like to they contribute took to IMDb like comic book fanatics or Star <laughs> yeah, Wars they, nerds. They took to IMDb to voice their hatred of J.J. Abrams. These people like, need it was to like, calm down. And watch yeah. like a real movie, you know, with like, yeah, like real people, like yeah. characters. 
Like the Matrix Revolution. Not a guy that shoots arrows and a man that slings a hammer everywhere. He's <laughs> right. still laughing at that meme. Rating. Rating. I'm just through them. Uh, okay. Uh, who's going first? Jay, you want to roll in? Or you just want to make your, your sound again? The... <laughs> um, No. <laughs> So I think look, after that you went <gasps> boring. I, like, this ugh. movie was a slog to get through the first time. I think it was also having seen the first two. I was like, oh wow, I really like this. And then it's just such a big turn. But I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. I think there's stuff to love. I love all the character stuff with Neo. I think he's great in this movie. I think Carrie Ann Moss is wonderful. I- I like whenever Lawrence Fishburne is on screen, even though he doesn't do much. Like I said, I love the world building. I think it looks great cinematography wise. Not all the effects are great, but I also think it is dry at parts. Like I've said, I don't like everything about how it wraps up. I don't like the first 30 minutes particularly. I have issues with the B plot, but a big judging factor for this film. I thought about this this week is last week. I watched Space Jam, A New Legacy. And oh, yeah. And they referenced The Matrix in that film so many times that it made me appreciate this film so much. A film as bad as Space Jam 2 and New Legacy because I watched The Matrix Revolutions and I'm like, these are two filmmakers making a property with themes and like religious allegories and they have more going for them than just the bare minimum yes. of just You're- plot developed they're trying you're comparing the matrix to space yes yes because it has direct references to the matrix in it we're watching the matrix at the same time and space jam 2 was so goddamn bad and was such a goddamn studio project that made me like disgusted that i was like i it's a corporate product that's just gross yeah you can you should not even compare them because i'm doing it i'm doing it not even i'm doing it. it it, it, no, it is a movie. And that's the issue. Is it's, that, like, it's that's so what nice. A, that's what a like, movie. That's what a movie is now. Is is the is. WB server burst, guys? <laughs> it's so every nice. Every movie now, Ready Player One started it. It's now no, every movie. This was before. Is just, it was before Ready Player. One. It was Marvel think, and all back before that. And like, the Force Awakens and yes. all, it was all that. But it it just. It's no, nice I'm to see a movie. It's nice to see a movie where people like this made movie it. gets five out of five buzzing drones because. It is not Space Jam 2. And that is my rating for this film. And I may not feel that way in a week or a month Probably or a not. year. But right or now. literally right, right now, after we stop recording. These are my thoughts. I've been waiting to say this because literally I watched them very close to one another. Yeah. And there was such a bold difference. There was such... Look at how bad Warner Brothers has gotten. And yeah, it made me appreciate the older days of Warner Brothers. And it made me appreciate like real trilogies that weren't focused on making sequels. And Warner uh, Brothers used to be the best. They were like my yeah, favorite. This idea. is a sequel. I'm just saying, like yeah, they used to really not, care about their not, sequels. They're not setting up a fran- like a franchise with spinoffs, and they're, they're not assaulting my eyes with yeah, a it thousand feel, things going on. It feels very earned. Like this feels like yeah. a three part story. And I think when they go back, there's going to be a reason that they go back. Mm-hmm. And like even the Animatrix and Enter the Matrix, the spinoff material helps build the world. It's not necessary, really, but if you go into to it it just adds more so yeah five out of five buzzing drones because you know what this is not the best movie in the world like there are times when i hate it and times when i love it but man these are two directors making a film 
and I miss those days. I don't even think all their films work, but I like them as filmmakers, and I think they have an inspired vision, and I want to see what they do creatively. I'd rather watch The Matrix this weekend than watch Suicide Squad that just came out. I'd rather watch a, a real movie made by a pair of filmmakers rather than a guy who's a talented filmmaker but is just making a, a studio product for the studio. The Matrix is just now a shadow in the WB serververse. That's all it is. Well, not for long. Hopefully not. Until December. Matthew? Well, I just want to say I think you guys are wrong. I think the essence of film is the Droogs watching LeBron James and Bugs Bunny play basketball against a CGI Don Cheadle. I think that is what we all want a movie to be. It's not even funny when you say that as like a joke. It's just sad. It's sad. I, it is sad. I don't know how you can make a bad Looney Tunes movie, but they did it. Like, that's that's impressive that you well, make even the Looney Tunes. They've Remember Back in Action? Back in Action uh, is so good. Remember Space Jam? I mean, come on. Like, let's talk about good films. But anyways, I, Matthew. I actually like the first Space Jam, so I can't. I mean, I compared can't. to the second one, it is a clockwork orange. Anyways, I would agree with a little bit of the critical consensus that this is anticlimactic and what you guys said in the sense that more could have been done with this. Whereas you look at the films we mentioned, like Return of the King and other third films and trilogies, obviously, like this is not Return of the King. This is not some three and a half hour long epic that needs to be tied up with these major set pieces and anything. It's a different trilogy. It's a different type of film. Everything's different about it. But I still think with how perfect the first film is in this trilogy and how still really good the second film is, I do think this film's a little anticlimactic. We've all said it. The Neo-Trinity stuff is all great. I love all that stuff. But then there are, like, the big action scene in this movie is the Zion one. It's probably my least favorite part of the whole thing. It is what it is. I think overall, if I was to rate this trilogy, it's still really good. Probably one of the better film trilogies out there. But in terms of just this film by itself, it's not my favorite of the trilogy. It's probably the one I would pick last if I was to pick any three of them to watch. But, you know, like you said, it's still a filmmaker's film. This is the Wachowski's identity. It still has the core of everything The Matrix is. So it's still commendable. I'd probably give it three out of five buzzing drones honestly right before Andrew go i want to say you mentioning the zion battle is like the biggest battle and it is also my least favorite part of the of movie the that's a that's battle, a big issue that's a big issue of the whole trilogy but yeah, like i said earlier issue. i would rather take an entire film like the first one that's almost 99 percent hand-to-hand combat because just the choreography of all of that the more personal feel of it where if one person wins it's over like the other person wins and the other person dies like i'd rather take that than watch captain mifoon shoot Three billion bullets at once and get his face slashed up, which is pretty gnarly. Pretty graphic, honestly. I like that 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 shot where they're like swarming him and like makeup right there. Yeah, it's I've always thought that shot was graphic and it's still again great. All of the production aspects of this are great. Even the CGI is fantastic. It's the story that's anticlimactic, especially for the first two films, which are so allegorical. This one, at this point, you know what the allegory is. So when Neo is being carried away and his arms are out looking like a cross, it's effective, but you're also like, yeah, I get it. Symbolism isn't always meant to be 
subtle. That's why it's called no. symbolism because it's literally so this, a symbol. This being series shown to is you. not subtle at all. I, I but agree. I love it. I like that about it too. I really like the mythology they've built, even when it's literally just a character you can look up and be like, "Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. character is related in name and backstory." There's no differentiation. It's just the same thing. But that's fine. I like it. It just makes you believe that anyone can make a movie. You know, if you just can find, <laughs> a movie, a movie, find things, <laughs> guys. We can all make movies. relate to your story, guys. Let's let's just go make a movie. All right, Andrew. What are your thoughts? Um, actually, it's kind of the inverse of last time. Whereas The Matrix Reloaded, it's a good film, but watching it, I was kind of zoned out through parts of it this one i was more engaged than i remembered being the first time watching it it's not incredibly memorable or revolutionary like the other two were but i think the wachowskis had their heart in the right place and i think they did a fairly decent job of wrapping up the story they were trying to tell i don't think it's entirely satisfying i feel like part of the problem beyond the story is just the editing i don't think the editing in the film is bad i honestly feel like what would have helped this is if they had shot another 30 minutes of material and then cut down on some of what they already have and intersperse more clarification or more closure for a lot of the characters it would have allowed them to cut out some of the superfluous stuff like we don't need 30 minutes in the train sequence i don't think cut out some of that and add more closure at the end that would have been helpful but as it stands i don't think this is really that bad i feel like this movie gets kind of a bad rap i don't think this is that dissatisfying of an ending it's maybe not the ending you want after the first two but it's not a poor ending necessarily in fact i think it's a pretty risky ending what they did destroying the world and making it over again that's always been something that really stuck with me as far as a passion i have for this series is i like that the wachowskis were like what if we just ended the world what if by the end there's nothing left nothing is really solved either it's back to the status quo the heroes we loved are dead and gone the other ones that remain are still stuck underground and the robots are just going to reset the entire world claiming that everything will be free if they want to be but we know that's probably not going to happen because the matrix like runs mr fox yeah because the matrix runs on a system of batteries <laughs> that they need exactly it's a cycle and it's kind of depressing i feel like maybe part of the reason why this movie wasn't successful is because it is kind of a downer It's not a satisfying ending in the way that a triumphant finale is for most films. Yeah, true. Your two main characters die. Yeah, and not passionlessly, but pretty rough. I mean, Trinity's death is not fun, and Neo's, it's a brutal martyrdom he goes through. I feel bad for Trinity. She had to. She does. I she, do feel bad for she Trinity. She had to sit there talking to Neo just to console him for five minutes while she was probably in the worst pain of her entire life. Yeah, but she loves him, so I think that I she really did kidding. care. And she was I mean, working she had, towards she something had like more important. She ten spikes through her. She's in go shock. Ahead. Finish up. But yeah, I, I, I like this one. I think it's good. I'm really interested to see where they go with the fourth one. I think that'll be a really interesting perspective and i'm like i really like that the wachowskis are back i know the wachowskis they don't always make great films but i'm always interested to see what they're doing and i think even with this their closure for a trilogy it's really interesting to see the angle they came at it from even if it isn't entirely successful i think it's commendable what they've done so yeah i'd give it probably two and a half three i'll go three buzzing drones plus one really gross mouthful of bruce spence's teeth which are disgusting. <laughs> it's that Australian yeah. teeth. You get some good, and then you get a glimpse of something bad. Are the Wachowskis not going to work together anymore, or is it just a case of, like, one of them was working on... 
So from what I read, Sense Eight and or whatever it is, well, that's and canceled. Then, that was canceled a couple years ago. Work in progress is now what Lily is working on. Yeah. So Lily claims that after her transition, she was a little hesitant to come back to the series because of the personal angle that it had with her huh. past, her transsexuality coming out from that. She was like, I don't know if I want to approach this right now because that story meant a lot to me and going through my own personal life right now is not a challenge, but it's something I'm working through in my day to day. And Lana's transitioned long before her. So I think Lana was much more comfortable coming back into it. Whereas Lily okay. said she wanted to sort of take a back seat for the time being, but I think they might even come back sense. and do it together at some point. I think it was okay, just Lana was, was much more comfortable at coming back than Lily was. Which is okay. fine. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure Lily had some involvement with it. I can't believe that she wouldn't come up to her and ask for some advice or thoughts on the story. No, she said it. it the it's based on ideas that they had mutually years ago. So she, yeah, but you know, I'm her, saying in her, the writing process, she probably came to her and asked for thoughts or ideas, or maybe she did a pass on the script too at some point. Yeah. I mean, they're they're sisters, of course. Yeah. I feel like that that would have to. Happen I'm sure they talk all even the time if it anyway. even if it was privately. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back to this series in December. Well, I was actually just thinking it'd be really cool if we could see it release date and then yeah, I have agree. our review up the next day, That's... which I guess we could do. But yeah, we if we're can going... do that. If we're going... What's going to happen, right? Oh, I mean, I, we're, revu- we're reviewing this in December. I thought we were just going to go release order by our list. No. Okay. I, come on. New new drama movie. Because I was going to say, if that's the case, we're not going to review this, the fourth one, until December 2022. Huh? We moved the schedule around hey. for these movies, so we can do hey, it for that movie, too. In that case, uh, we did not move the schedule around. Yes, we did. No. I got it right. Yes, we did. Terminator we admitted 3. to just... Yeah, we just uh, we just we blew through the matrix, but now well, Terminator. I got it correct with Home Alone 4's release date at least. Well, thank God for that. You're welcome. <laughs> You're yes. welcome. One that of our great, best reviews. Great if you say so. For it, we got that great thumbnail for it. That That's episode was that hilarious. Though it's sad as the animatrix thumbnail took me longer to make, but everyone seems to like the Home Alone thumbnail more. <laughs> Next week, Terminator Three. Yes, indeed. Who's excited? Yay. We're back to more. Aren't, aren't you guys excited? Jay needs to watch it too because it is okay. Well, it's we Jay, it'll be, watch it, it might together. be Jay's favorite movie of all time. We should all watch it together because it is utter schlock, like just trash. Uh, and if the Terminator series needs one thing, it's more, more schlock. schlock. Yeah, it doesn't understand like what good schlock is now, though. It's just too. It, do we have to talk about all the Terminator movies? Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited to get uh, back into a movie that's not just like a yeah. commercial drone, like a Home Alone drone, or like just a generic robot drone. I'm, you want a, you want a real love, drone. As I want much a as I love the drone. Matrix, I am ready for a new discussion. Yeah. I have um, like talking about these movies, but I feel like it's good to take a break. Now you have eight hours worth of content of ours us talking about the Matrix. So, you're welcome, people. I know we missed some films, but it's not our fault that all these Matrix movies were the only drone films to be released between 99 and 03. I thought you were going to say, I know we've missed a lot of films, but it's not our fault that somebody made a shitty schedule for these movies. Yeah, no, I thought you were going to say <laughs> it's not our fault that someone hasn't updated the Wikipedia page. I feel like we need to be updating well, it regularly. We might need I to don't take know. the reins I, on that. 
I don't know if it's possible to find every movie with a drone in it. I don't know like, if sorry, I want to do that. I don't think like, I want like, to do it. It's like Jay said, we could probably go to like the last page of, of all Hulu films, pick that movie, and there's probably a drone in it. Do you remember when Michael you know, in one of the first episodes said, is this going to be every movie that's ever used a drone for filming purposes? And I was oh like, you're out of your God. goddamn mind. I saw The Green Knight. There's a drone in that movie. I'm like, what the fuck would we even talk about here? Where was the drone in that movie? Where it flies over the, the valley and does, like, the tilt on him and the that, fox. And oh, yeah, I guess and I'm like, that's, that's a I, drone shot. Like, what would we yeah, even talk about here? I, wow, drone that drone shots, shot looks great. Drone Can't shots, wait to I talk about made. Hurricane Heist. Oh, what? <laughs> that's not on our list. No, but it has a drone in it. Directed okay, by well, you, Jay, you who directed, update the Jay, list. who directed that? What's his name? Rob Cohen. What else has he directed? Oh, yay. Dragonheart, Stealth. There, Stealth. In the That's one I, I can't wait to get to Stealth. Stealth is in four weeks. Do you know the plot of that movie? Oh, no, but it's got a, a pretty yeah. good cast. It's got a good cast. Of Jessica Beale, of course. Yikes, um, Rob Cohen, not a good guy. Did he get canceled? Uh, what do you do? He sexual abuse have, allegations? He might have sexually assaulted his daughter. No! Yikes. Oh, no. All right, we're going to make fun of him the whole podcast. That's no. fine. Uh, I don't want to make fun of that. I'm not going to make fun of that. No, we're going to make, make fun, fun of him. Of him. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine with that. Oh, he also did yeah. Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> and the boy next door. He needs to be put in prison for the tomb of the dragon emperor, if anything. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> Kristen Throat is getting investigated, by the way, guys. Uh, everyone's get. I'm going to put Hurricane Heist on the list. Can we just cancel Legend- all of Hollywood right now and just move on? Yeah, to let's a new just crop? start over. Scrub it. Or let's just don't do Hollywood like anymore. Yeah. Just don't do Hollywood. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> what if everyone was just collectively like, all right, guys, let's like try again in a few years? I mean, 14 South Park or not. movies. Why don't we just let the Wachowskis even, make every movie? I don't even know how a writer crew even like prepares themselves to write 14 movies. I love movie making. I hate it. It's such a it's such a joy. Yeah. I used to. I remember when I used to really like movies. When was that? Movies. When movies were good. How dare Martin Scorsese call movies theme park rides? How dare he? He has no basis for this. They are contractual obligations. They are not theme park rides. Yes, that's a much better way of phrasing it. Did you guys see the other day James Gunn was like, yeah, Martin Scorsese's just kind of jealous of Marvel movies. And it's like, James, shut the hell up. Like, oh, he's jealous. James Gunn has he's never made a movie that's like as good as Martin Scorsese's worst movie. James, James, I like you. You make fun films, but just stop just while you're like, ahead. N- well, it's also just like know your role. Because you should be proud of the movies it, it you so make. Weird. But at the same time, like know which camp you're in, too. But I, I swear, a year ago, James Gunn said something along the lines of, yeah, I mean... He was hurt I, by what I'm, he said. I'm, maybe that was it, but he basically said the equivalent of, I respect Scorsese, but I still love the films I make because they're personal to me. Yeah, and now he's, like, fine. going for Martin Scorsese 
Bennett's throat, and it's like, what are you doing? Why yeah. are you and saying a, this? Hey, and a year before that, James Gunn was canceled. So look how look how the story yeah. turns. You know who's never been canceled? He's just jealous. Buddy. Martin yeah. Scorsese. I'm if pretty Marty sure Martin Scorsese's been pulled a gun on somebody before. If Marty gets canceled, canceled, then let's really cancel Hollywood. If Marty gets canceled, I don't care about movies anymore. I'll lose all hope in humanity. Dude, like, who, who honestly, on God's earth, you know what? Never mind. I was going to say, who legitimately thinks that pick any Marvel movie is better than a Martin Scorsese movie? But I guarantee you there are plenty of people out there who have never even seen a Martin Scorsese movie. Like, every Martin Scorsese movie has something. We're I film mean, fans, guys. We, we respect wa- film over here. I'll watch a Martin Scorsese movie. Is Hawkeye going to be in it? No, but Brendan Fraser <laughs> Look will at be. those eyes. Well, I was going to say, do you think he made The Irishman with the intent of casting not a single person that had been in a superhero movie but that's not true well he was originally going to cast vin diesel in the role in of oh, yeah. he was gonna cast vin diesel in the role of uh robert de niro <laughs> but the yeah the contract didn't work out but you know but you know is it stallone uh, uh, it's pretty close to Stallone. Anyways, join us next week when we talk about the death of the movie industry and join us the week after for drain the swamp Oh, I can't wait. MAGA. Well, Drain the Swamp is coming MAGA, baby. Out the same day as uh, Creepypasta and Terminator 3. And Last Pitch Effort. Be, be on the lookout oh, for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's coming. I'm working on it. Okay, that. now Matt Damon is also in the news all the time. Did you hear what it was okay. for? He, he, that is yes. the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, okay. Somebody posted but, they were like literally only in 2021. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Somebody posted they were like, literally only in 2021 can someone get canceled for trying to make themselves better. Literally, if Matt, Matt Damon, Damon was like, oh, I said Matt, this word and like, I'm trying not to say it as much anymore. Why would you even tell people in the Matt first Damon place? Matt Damon canceled himself a few, a year ago, a similar, or like when the Me Too thing happened, a similar thing happened where he And like, he was like, I knew this was going on and it's like literally everybody in Hollywood. No, was but he was like, um, yeah, he said, like, uh, at least he's was, honest um, and not a hypocrite about it. No, like he, um, like he had to apologize for saying, let me find the quote. Like it was something about like the kind of. Oh, I can't even find it because they're all about him apologizing. I can't find yeah, the original the one. <laughs> well, hey, all all we know is that while Matt Damon is in the mud, Ben Affleck is thriving. They're both in the mm. mud in that Ridley Scott movie, it looks like. Oh, he's thriving all right. We just talked about Reindeer Games, which may be the most Ben Affleck movie I've ever seen. Didn't John Frankenheimer um, direct that? Did he? Um, well, because he because he, he didn't write it, and the writer is the real hero of that. So film. basically, Matt said he advocated for a quote spectrum of behavior analysis of sexual misconduct cases, noting that some are more serious than others, which is probably true. And By the then way, Jay, he John said and I did direct reindeer games. Same. He said he should get shame. in the back seat <laughs> yep. and close his mouth for a while, which he did, and then he opened it again. And said that he just stopped using the F word in 2021. Andrew, have you seen Reindeer Games? No. Maybe it was John Frankenheimer's last film, and I don't really want uh, to go on a sour it, note. It, it may be one of the craziest films I've ever seen. Is it's, it fun? Uh, it's yes. I would say it's fun because like it makes absolutely no sense, and there are about a hundred <laughs> twists and turns. Well, it's, Ethan uh, Kruger I'm, wrote it. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah, he did Transformers. Yeah, and oh, the hand the ring. Ethan, Ethan. Aaron, Aaron, how do you say his name? Aaron, Aaron Kruger. Aaron, yeah, erroneous he is, Kruger. Um, 
He's an, he's an insane man, um, that person. And it makes sense that he made the Transformers films. Cause I mean, yeah, he wrote so three Transformers movies in a row. He is crazy. Well, he also worked with Christopher McQuarrie, Matthew. So how crazy is he? Oh, okay. you mean the hack? He, he, the hack fraud? Yeah. He really didn't write that movie. Yeah, he did. Oh, well, that's fine because it's not a, it's be not a McQuarrie worst, movie. He might be the worst working director in Hollywood. Really? You th- Look, I'm not saying he's <sighs> the best, but you really think he's the worst? Oh, is that me describing Ridley Scott? Yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Ridley. Let's, God, let's talk no, about No, I'm just saying Matthew's argument Scott. is literally the Ridley Scott argument I make. Which what? one? I'm not saying he's the best, but is he literally the worst? Well, he's definitely not as good as he used to be. That's, like, not all true right. at all. Join us when next we, week. When we drain the swamp with Arnold. Yeah, baby. Dinesh D'Souza will be a guest. Christopher McQuarrie and Ridley Scott will both be there. Also Claire Danes. Um, no, no. They're the backup guests for Dinesh. We, we only call them in if we, if we, if we don't get Dinesh. Oh, okay? sorry, Ridley. We ran out of time. Gotta get more Dinesh. <laughs> next week, join us for... Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, our second interview with him. We're gonna get Dinesh and bet- Hillary Clinton in guys. the same room, and he's gonna evaporate like a guys. guys if we told him we had a MAGA podcast, I know. What, I was about to say, what if we like tricked we, him? Like, yeah, send him an email him with some official letterhead. Uh, I guarantee we just, you, he would do a Zoom interview with us if we promoted it correctly. Maybe we should actually try this. All right, guys, join us next week and see what happens. All right. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Next week, we'll be talking about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Oh, joy. Always. Oh, my God. What a terrible, what a terrible title. Yep, what, a, what a terrible, what a horrible title. Buckle up, Jay. Wait, you're you're going to love it, Jay. Is it going to be my Halloween 3 for the franchise? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> there's enough crap in that movie. You're going to love it. Again, there's Great. a scene that I won't tell you about, but I, I want to hear your reaction to it. Okay, join us for our commentary track of Terminator 3. Yeah, followed by our Dinesh D'Souza interview. Anybody got any final thoughts or comments on The Matrix? No. Drain the swamp. Next week, guys. <laughs> remember that Remember that image of Tom Brady with his MAGA hat in the background? Yeah. <laughs> remember when Tom remember Brady locked lips with his tongue? Son? Yeah. He stuck his, <laughs> stuck his tongue down his stuck, son's Stuck his throat. son down his tongue? <laughs> what, I'll yesterday? Be, it might yeah. as well. Probably doing it right now. God. See, I was thinking of Man of Steel in that ending, and I'm like, I'm much more connected to this, though, because I know these characters, these two characters that are fighting, and this feels like the stakes are appropriately high. Whereas in Man of Steel, I'm just watching these two gods punch each other, and I'm like, I don't don't care. You're watching people yelling and screaming. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, It has no motivation to it. Oh, my God. The Matrix Online lasted until... June, June 2009. It's a long time to keep those wow. servers on. Yeah, they're still doing for a game GTA. like that. Gee, okay, that's completely different. People you realize are... that in 10 years, people are going to look at GTA 5 and be like, that looks like garbage. Still waiting no, on not. GTA 6. <laughs> yeah, we they are. said GTA and 6 is like another eight years away at least. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's going to take, another, another, it's gonna take people... a decade and a half to make that game. 
Yeah, people well, are like, well, I maybe need GTA if, 6. No, we maybe, don't. We, maybe if we you don't. stop playing 5, yeah, people like, can't. People they are still playing 5. They literally made There's a no... perfect video game. They can't, people yeah. can't leave it because it's a perfect video there, game. But at this point, it's too that late keep... to get online with it. If you haven't people... played online since it came out, it's too late. No, they're people, still releasing well, packages they're like, for th- it. Yeah, they're boosting the economy. because they're trying to People like, at work do new packages get... all the time. Oh, so and you're they do like dying? they always no. They're still pl- no. releasing like heists and everything for you to play all the time. Oh yeah, I know. People the complain company, that it gets re-released on like PS4, PS5, but it has a been reason. re-released on two different new generation there's consoles. A, there's a reason like that. It's a. It is just that good. Like, and it's I'm sure GTA game. 6 That's when it comes out will be. I think they're scared to make GTA 6 because it can't be better. Well, like, I feel we like already it will broke be the better, glass but, ceiling. Like, we let's just. We we could wait like two decades for another GTA game, like yeah. and it be like incredible, and then wait another two decades. Like it, there's not. I feel like people are like just so like antsy to get a new one. When yeah, you're well, right. They kind of made a perfect game. The only reason I, mean, I I'm played antsy. that game like three separate times. Pl- turned it on like three separate times this year and played some of it. So the only reason I'm, I'm still antsy is it. because, like I said, if you haven't played online since it came out, you're kind of shit behind because everyone online is like played for years and they have all this money and shit. So you're stuck at the bottom. That's not the point. The, the point is just to play, have fun. Just playing it randomly is fun still, but yeah, it, whatever. 